Welcome back, St. Lukers, to your week with St. Luke's. We are continuing in the book of Matthew to look at a lot of what Jesus shares as kingdom of heaven stories. And this one is interesting. It's the um, really the great commission in many ways. It, Matthew 25 and Matthew 28 similarly go together. Um, but this is, this is a hard one um, because Jesus really actually says that you are going to inherit the kingdom of heaven um, because when I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Um, and then he goes on to say, basically, you're not going to understand the kingdom of heaven if you don't do those things. So, so we have this interesting juxtaposition here about what it means to truly reveal the kingdom of heaven, which is to serve other people. And so who better to have with us on our podcast this week than our very own Lynette Fields, who has been a St. Luker for a long 25 time, years. 25 years, um, but has now launched, of course, Poverty Solutions Group. And we are so excited to be talking to her, to catch up with her. Um, and for those of you who are new to St. Luke's to actually get to know Lynette. So Lynette, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I grew up in the Midwest and in a Methodist home, my dad is a preacher, my parents lifelong Methodist, both my grandparents were United Methodist. Um, and, uh, but it's not like I didn't explore my faith. I, I feel like in college, I really uh, explored a lot of different traditions to make it my own and really, really chose it for myself. Um, I, well, I think it's coming up, but I, came to Florida because I joined a short-term young adult mission program right. for two years. And <laughs> what I share is I've now been here over 30, goodness gracious, 33 years. Wow. So it's a very long two-year commitment <laughs> to come here. Um, but that is part of my uh, mission journey um, is what brought me to Florida. So... This, whenever I hear the scripture, I got befuddled because whenever I hear the scripture, I actually think of you, Lynette, mm -hmm. um, because I think in, let's see, you worked here on staff for how many years? 23. 23 years. And I was there 15 of it because um, I've been here 15 years. And whenever we would talk about what new ministries we're going to do or what was coming next in vision, you always brought us back to the scripture. You know, how does it, how does it feed people? How does it visit people in prison? I mean, this was kind of the, the foundation groundwork. It felt like to me that you use to help us do missions well here at St. Luke's. So talk to us about that and talk to us about how you came to St. Luke's um, and how the scripture spoke to your work and missions. Yeah, I, I think this scripture is really about what we do. And, and then in Acts, it talks about where we do it, right? Mm, like right. In, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So right. you put these two together and you have your mission theology. Right. It's, it's what we do and then where we do it. Um, and I think um, we can make things really hard. Um, th this, in many ways, it's not simple to do. Right. But it makes it explicitly simple. Right. Right. Like of, uh, and, and the part that we didn't share is, and whenever you do it to the least of these, you do it to me, mm -hmm. which I think is also what we make 
really complicated sometimes about who, mm. who, who do we minister to? And this is like, well, whoever needs water, right? whoever needs food, mm-hmm. whoever needs clothes. And I remember it was pretty early in um, my ministry here at St. Luke's and I, there were a couple of lay people who really felt called to do prison ministries. Mm-hmm. Many of the other things that the feeding the hungry and clothing and even building new homes and all of that was familiar to me. Right. But visiting prison was not. And I remember really dwelling on the scripture. It's like, because we were wondering, is this something we can do? Right. And it's like, but it's on the list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is one of the lists that Jesus says, do this list. Yeah. You Forget about the others. Yeah. There's you don't very even... few checklists you get. We get a checklist here. Mm-hmm. And this isn't even a metaphor. Like right. sometimes with right. thirst, you have to make it into a metaphor and mm-hmm. sick can be more than just like the stomach flu, right? right. Mm-hmm. But visiting in prison. That's pretty like, literal. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was very empowering. As And that was a... Oh, it was just um, a, a very formative and um, chilling and life-altering ministry that we did. And right. actually taking worship services into a maximum, maximum security mm-hmm. prison. I remember I came along and did that. And, and that, was one of my, that was one of my obstacles. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for what that means. And... And I had to search my own soul and sit with you a lot and talk about, unpack that. Where does that come from? Yeah. So tell us more about kind of what you've seen us move in missions at St. Luke's. Um, It's interesting to think about that with the scripture in mind, because I think the movement has been um, doing more short-term relief to longer term change. Mm-hmm. And it's possible to read the scripture and think, okay, we've given an outfit of clothes to a person who needs clothes right. and, and we're done. Um, but I don't think it, it's, it's ends there um, because uh, we, we wanna see long term change. And, and I think in our global ministries early on, we wanted to, to shift. That's what I heard from the lay people who had been doing global <coughs> ministries before I came from going to a different place to developing long-term relationships and really um, coming alongside our global partners and what they wanted to do and make it much more mutual. And when we started, gosh, what was that, Jen, back in 2011, mm-hmm we kind of had an aha moment It said, oh, maybe we do that locally too. Right. You know, because we did a lot of different things. What I talk about is short-term encounters um, with different people. Many times we didn't even know who they were to what if we walked alongside people for a longer period of time. We really developed relationships, knew their name, and we would know if the change we were hoping for was actually happening. And I think that's the path we've been on, is is it personal? Is the local ministry we're doing personal enough that that we can manage the ups and downs? Right. 
because right. it isn't all a day encounter or a week encounter where we can feel good about what we did. Right. It's, it's altering what we do, so it's what the people need. Right. How, but that's hard. It's, <laughs> it's hard. I'm just going to state the obvious here. That's a lot harder. It's, and it's not... Um, that's the narrow gate hard. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> and, and, right. and I'm wondering how you... Because I, I'm, I, I just want the day that I feel good for the thing that I did. So how, do you, how have you helped shift... A congregation that is is quite comfortable. I'm going to say that 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 most of us are not worrying about where our next meal is coming from or or where our clothing has come from. But we do want to to give and we do want to be part of clothing the naked and feeding the hungry and and doing all maybe not visiting in prison. That would be a stretch, right, for a lot of us. But but we want to do those things. But I'd rather just do that for a Saturday. Mm. What you're talking about requires me to change my understanding. So how have you done that work? I'm wondering of moving people, the people who are doing the serving. Well, what's interesting about St. Luke's is because of where we're located and where a lot of our lay people work, we have a lot of future thinkers and planners, sure. right? Mm, right? Now, maybe a lot of right. the people in the congregation use that gift and skill for what are people gonna wanna see in a theme park right? Right, <laughs> and right. in the next decade. But we had some really gifted lay people who use their vocational skills mm -hmm. to help us look at where did we want to be in the future. And when we started talking about we wanted to see long-term change, that got a whole different group of people excited. Mm. So it, it, was it easy? No. Did it take convincing? Yes. <laughs> um, but the outcomes conversation, there was a whole mm -hmm. group of people that were like, that's worth an, a financial investment mm -hmm. to see if this will really work. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I, do, I do think that many churches can kind of change or at least create a continuum from, because relief is always needed. Yep. We're always going to have right. We're always going to have human-made and natural disasters. There's different circumstances people are in. Um, however, I think we miss opportunities, um, and we miss the development that comes from investing in the, the long-term journey with humans, what mm -hmm. gifts they might be able to offer to the world mm -hmm. if we only do relief. Um, so I think many churches can build some things along the spectrum. But I do think unique, um, St. Luke's was, is uniquely wired for that kind of really liking to do something different, right. fill in the gap. <laughs> right. yes. We like That's, that. We like to stand <laughs> in fan. the gap. Right. And the, the future thinking, because it's a way to go, oh, we do this in, we do this in our work. Mm -hmm. We can do this in our church as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we, re I know I didn't, I don't know if Jen did, I don't think I really understood that until we were right. well along the path. I think that's fascinating because so often missions, 
missions can be used and should be used as sort of a low-hanging fruit, like come do this one thing this one day, you can feel like you've contributed, and, and ideally that leads you into something bigger, but I think there there is place, like you said, for those relief days and for those those things where you can you know dip your toe into something, but so often that is where it stops, right? Right. And so getting people involved in that long term, I think there's a giftedness to 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 help people see that bigger picture to zoom out as we talked about in the right, last worship right. series, right? But there's gotta be something about who you are and who God has made you mm -hmm. that set you up to be the person. So if St. Luke's was uniquely ready for that, part of that was you being here. Absolutely. And we're all, we're making her very uncomfortable now. Um, <laughs> but truly, so so talk a little bit about your you and your calling. Separate, separate with St. Luke's, obviously, right. but, but you as a person, there's a calling in you to, to want to take something like that on. So what's your calling? Um, I, it starts with my mom, my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> my dad is a preacher, but he didn't preach at home in words. Right? So it's not like I heard all these hmm. things. You need to do this. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. Like I think a lot of time our faith is what we shouldn't do, right? Mm -hmm. right. So I didn't, I, didn't get a, I didn't get a lot of that. I, I got so much of um, this scripture yep. um, about lo love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Um, but I also saw my mom and dad just live it. Mm. People were in our house. You know, they'd stop by, there was food. You know, they, it, it, was, it was a revolving door. Um, and people would be welcome in, in the churches that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, and Sometimes maybe that caught some criticism, but it's the modeling. I saw the role model. I had the role model all the time. And then I just got really lucky because I had role modeling all through college and graduate school. But I, the other thing, my mom and dad were really believed in mission and had missionary friends and our churches always supported missionaries. And so I heard those missionary stories from a very young age. I talk about, in Indiana, we have churches with basements. We right. don't have churches with basements <laughs> no. here. And that's where the fellowship hall was. Right. Yep. So yep. it was like the mission, when the missionary spoke, we were in the basement in the fellowship hall. And that's when we ate rice because it's not like today where right. we eat rice all the time. And in Indiana, it was potatoes. So, but when the missionaries came, it was always, those were the days we had rice. I don't know if that's really true. That's just what my, <laughs> that's just what my mind tells me. And I, my brothers didn't always, I was always really excited whether my brothers were or not. I don't think they were. So that was instilled in me very young. And I wanted to do mission work and I thought it was gonna be overseas. And I thought about the Peace Corps and it was, and, and I started going, I went to Haiti when I was 19, 20 years old with my college. Um, and um, I had always been fascinated because we'd always supported mission work in Haiti. So it was instilled young and, and deep. And when I was in graduate school working on my social work degree, the intern at our 
in our um, Wesley Foundation had been what's called a US-2. Mm -hmm. And a US-2 is a young adult, two-year missionary. That's where I ha you know, was supposed to come here for two years. And I decided that's what I was going to do. And it's interesting. Every other year they have a program called Mission, back then in the 80s, where it's Mission Intern, mm -hmm. where you go mm -hmm. overseas. And I wasn't on that year. So I ended up being a domestic, on the mission in the domestic side. So it's just interesting how timing right. works. Mm -hmm. And that's what brought me to Florida and I haven't been able to leave since then. And, and um, Bill Barnes was in Miami when I went there. He was there. My first three years were his last three years. And through a whole series, I ended up doing disaster work after Hurricane Andrew. And after that was finished, Bill was like, hey, I have this idea to have a full-time dedicated position um, focused on mission. And I will, I'll just be really honest, when somebody who's felt a call to work in urban ministries or overseas, coming to a large suburban, <laughs> upper middle class, mostly white congregation, I'm like, no way. Why would I do mission work here? And, um, and what's been really interesting and exciting for me the whole time is it is fascinating to be with, in the place where so many of the resources are. So before coming to St. Luke's, mm -hmm. I was where the need was right. trying to find the resources. When I came to St. Luke's, it's where so many resources, people and, and um, money and people. I mean, people are people, big resources. Right. People who have gifts and talents that mm -hmm. can do really creative things. And so it's just, it, it's, been, it's been fun, hard, mm -hmm. but to go, oh, there's ways we can really use these resources. Mm -hmm. And to have St. Luke's be willing, you know, for all these different crazy ideas through the years has been really well that we're has still been doing them and I think be, literally because of the work that you did two years ago we started the process of building what's now Gopar right a, and and when the arts community came and said hey can you guys support us right. in this like initiative no one blinked was, of course we can of course it should be a nonprofit. of course we can nurture that and that like there was right. there was no it it was not i mean we we worked and we did some hard but it was not it was not that hard because the foundation was all laid well, so my, it's still happening <laughs> my first year here is when we launched shepherd's hope yeah. right. now that i uh, i was along for that journey i did not i was not a catalyst for that at all but but i've seen the whole journey and yeah. it just celebrated 25 years and so there definitely is a legacy f of st lucas finding the gap mm -hmm. and find and and finding a way to fill it and sometimes it's a ministry that stays under the umbrella of the church which is great yep. because it keeps the congregation engaged and sometimes it's something that is bigger than the local church and yep. it, which it leads gets launched. Us, <laughs> which leads us to what you're doing now because I really again we're really this this part of the podcast is is leading your life leading your life with God's story and it was a leap for you to leave the church that you had been in you know and had nurtured you and and yet you you felt a call you probably felt a nudge from some of us because we saw this need beyond the local church for poverty solutions group and you being a trainer and and really getting the rest of our city in central florida ready to do this work of the scripture 
Right. I mean, you're teaching, you're teaching corporations, you're teaching the school system, you're teaching other churches how to do this work. Um, and so what was it? What led you to lead your life? How did you feel God calling you towards Poverty Solutions Group? Well, there was a time, I, a day I sat in your office and you asked, where do I see myself I did. in a couple of years? That and I go, true. well, not leading a nonprofit organization. <laughs> <laughs> That's how a lot of us got in where we <laughs> yeah. are now. And, uh, <laughs> but, and yet, uh, from the very onset of this vision of positively impacting the lives of children who live in poverty and doing our community transformation, very place-based work, can we, can we help change the trajectory basically right, right. in a very hyper local place-based way the whole time we were like if this works right we want to share it with others we did we from that. the very beginning and it was once again yep. you know not just leadership it was well leadership of the laity not right. just staff and pastors Correct. going because it were that future thinking we want to share it with others which was the basis of Shepherd's Hope as well. And it's the not just helping the artists within this congregation, mm -hmm. it's in the larger community, yeah. right? We gotta, we gotta share it. Um, and I do think, I, 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 the Poverty Solutions Group, I feel like a lot of the things I've done in my life have led to this mm -hmm. because I really believe that economic stability or the anti-poverty, poverty reduction work right. If you do that, then people won't be hungry. They won't be hum homeless. I, I actually even think fewer people would be in, in prison. prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. It's so, all, it's all while we see those as separate things, when you initially read that, when you actually look at systemic issues, these are all, there's a reason prison's on the list, right? Right, <laughs> and so it's a real gift now in, in this chapter of my life to be able to pull on all the things I did in mission work, immigration work, disaster response, all the amazing things I got to do at St. Luke's and go, okay, can we get to the cause? Mm -hmm. Can we really reduce poverty um, in a really substantial way that this country really hasn't done? We've, right. been, we've been plateaued, even though we've poured um, millions, billions of dollars and countless hours um, so maybe we need to do it differently. Mm -hmm. All of us, the church, mm -hmm. the government, nonprofits. And so we're working on that. And I'm glad to, that I didn't, I didn't, I did leave the place of St. Luke's, but I'm glad St. Luke's is still right. walking alongside. Well, and it is interesting because that's that, I mean, you and I have talked about this for years that Everyone says, what's wrong with the world and what can we do? And Jesus was really clear. Well, if you do these things, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven will be revealed now and in the future. And you are helping people see that outside the church. It's truly what you're doing is evangelism. You know mm -hmm. that. Well, evangelism, every time you teach, a, yeah. every time you, you do cope with a group of judges or Advent Health or who what was the latest you said you were doing? Tell us that. Oh, you, it's a, it's a. A cor uh, corporation that works with low-income property, so apartment complexes for those who are low-income. So teaching property managers Pro will have yes. to walk in the shoes of, of their... the people that they are serving. Yes. Right. Yeah. You are revealing the kingdom of heaven. 
-hmm. to yeah. people who may not have ever experienced or encountered it. And so it's, that's what it means to lead your life. And we're just so grateful that we've gotten to walk alongside this journey with you, Lynette, because you've taught us all how to be better disciples mm -hmm. by your work. Mm -hmm. So what do we have to look forward to next with Poverty Solutions Group? Well, we had to take, you know, all of us had a journey with the pandemic, but a real detour for us was we have in-person training right. that we had to put on hold. So it's been so exciting to get back to doing Cost of Poverty Experience in person. Um, and uh, that's really picking up. And St. Luke started it when we did it. We, were, we just got introduced to the curriculum when we were wanting to train our own folks. Right. And now it's all over. We've, we've had 2,500 people probably in Central Florida alone that have gone through COPE, even with a two-year hiatus with the pandemic. That's so the, I think that's the big thing. And we keep doing circles, which we were able to maintain virtually and keep stability for very, very vulnerable people all through the pandemic. And I think that's pretty remarkable. That's and awesome. it's, it, it's the people, it's the allies walking alongside for the long term. It's living into the scripture. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're excited because we're actually going to be doing a cost of poverty experience with our cast and production crew of Oliver. Um, we have some really, we have a really interesting way we're gonna we're gonna do this production of Oliver that's gonna teach people. And you're gonna hear about Poverty Solutions Group. You're gonna hear about Restoring Hope, Community Partners. It's gonna be amazing. So we hope you'll come and be a part of that. And thank you, Lynette, for being with us. And we'll see you next week or listen to you and listen with you next week um, on your week with St. Luke's.